This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. Hello and welcome to At 530 on Main podcast here in Evansville, Indiana, the Extension Studio, back with Mike Davis from VPS Architecture. How's it going, Mike? Good for Monday. Is that how we start the podcast? That's how you start the podcast. Mm -hmm. Just go off. Like, hey, welcome to At 530 on Main Podcast, brought to you by... I'm the Ed McMahon in this relationship. <laughs> I don't know why you keep wanting me. I, I'm Johnny trying. Carson. I'm absolutely <laughs> trying. Yes. Trying, trying. But yes, uh, today it is... Uh, we're into March. Had the OVC tournament down here last weekend. Lots of people on Main Street. It was a beautiful sight to see. Murray State... Walked away victorious, big uh, basketball tournament. Uh, last podcast we were on, we talked a little bit about it was time for March Madness. But you know what? Uh, we have an awesome guest in the studio today, Maria Quinton from Make-A-Wish. She is the advancement officer for Make-A-Wish. Uh, if you would, as I've said here on the last podcast episode, instead of me reading this awesome bio, just if you would tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and make wish. Sure. Proud Evansville native. I grew up in Newburgh by the river. Loved it. Very proud to be from Evansville. I went to Memorial High School. Proud Mm -hmm. Tiger. Then from there, I went to Butler. Studied um, strategic communications. Uh, most of my experience during college was in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with my background at Memorial, I've always had a huge focus on service. And I've always especially loved um, serving children and youth-facing yeah. organizations. So I worked at the blind school for a while. And that's a lot of kids who have disabilities and other challenges besides being visually impaired. So that kind of sparked my true passion for serving children and helping uh, where I can. So then I went on to work at Memorial, too. Okay. <laughs> so a little jumping around. I came back to Evansville for three years, worked here. Then I saw a job opening at Make-A-Wish and heard things, you know, they're a big national organization. Didn't realize they had a setup with certain chapters. So I applied for the position up in Indianapolis, got it, moved back to Indianapolis, been there for a year now. So our chapter covers Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, and I focus on the Indianapolis area and then also the kids here in Evansville. So our mission really is to just grant wishes for kids who are battling critical illnesses so they don't have to be terminal. About 80% of our kids go on to survive and lead happy, healthy lives, and a lot of them credit that to their wish experience and their wish journey. So that power of the wish really helps them push through and it gives them the hope and the strength and the joy. And it's not just for them, it's for their families too. You know, they face a lot of hardship and especially during COVID, they were isolated more than they've ever been before. Families had to be separated for treatments. So I'm just really passionate about what we do. And I truly believe that wishes help, help them through their medical journey and help ultimately make them better. And I get to be there for the best day of their life. And (laughs) I love it. So we have a big golf outing coming out in June. Mike so gladly helps us <laughs> with that. So we're very excited. It'll be at Oak Meadow oh, on nice. June 20th. So if anyone is interested. Yeah, one of the ways to fundraise. Obviously, everything runs on money, especially <laughs> non-for-profits and helping those kids. But we also make connections, too, right, for the kids and try to set them up as uh with whatever their wish might be, right? One one was a pontoon boat. Oh, yeah? And so we try to reach out to Evansville Marine and try to sure. connect them. How can we make this happen? You know, because obviously the money isn't, isn't there to buy a brand new pontoon boat. That'd be like, you know. Sure. But 
especially hey. with the market during COVID. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but might be a, somebody might have a connection that a good used one or or other things like that. But most of them are trips, obviously. Disney World. Is sure. Yeah. So during COVID, we obviously had to pivot a lot with our travel wishes. So before COVID, I think it was something crazy, like 70% of our wishes were travel. So obviously we were hit pretty hard. So these kiddos were reimagining things and things like pontoons started coming up and backyard room redos and RV trips with their families mm-hmm. and uh, just some cool imaginative things that weren't focused on fit or focused on travel, but it seemed like it was more focused on spending time with their families and really valuing that time that they could spend with one another. So in case there's, I, I know Make-A-Wish, I've worked with Mike on one, uh, one wish that was actually uh, granted some time ago back in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. yeah. But if you would just, if there's a listener that doesn't know, tell us about the wish experience. What what is what is what is that? So what happens is obviously they have their diagnosis and they're in the hospital and mm-hmm. um, they get referred for a wish. So anyone who really has the details of their condition and their medical journey can refer them. So it can be a parent, it can be the child themselves, their doctors, their child life specialist, anyone who knows them can refer them. And then they go through an eligibility process where we, you know, check with their doctors to make sure their condition's eligible for a wish. And that goes pretty quick. A lot of, you know, obviously, if you're getting referred for a wish, you're probably eligible. So then they move into what we call discovery, which is when our volunteers sit down. It's kind of the fun part. They get to know the kid and find out what they like, what they don't like, um, if they have any ideas for their wish. If they don't have any ideas, you know, we give them this big idea book and they get to kind of it's interactive they get like coloring sheets and um, just kind of lays out what they like and what they um, are interested in so they'll have that meeting and they'll kind of decide a few options for what they might want as their wish and then um, once they've decided on their wish they'll move into the execution of it so say they decide they want to go to disney world they'll move to a fulfillment team and they'll you know, plan their itineraries, get their driver's license. And the family just gets to sit back and relax. And our team does everything from everything you can think of, plans every day for you, makes dinner reservations, gets your rental car, books your flight. And then once the wish is starting to happen, we'll hopefully have a big party for them. We try to make them feel special and kind of make them feel like they're the one person of the focus for the day. And it's really fun. That's kind of the fun part. You get to bring all the people who may have helped on the wish. Like if it was a, um, if it was a play set, we'd bring in, you know, the company that helped provide the wood or the materials for the play set and they get to come and we have pizza and drinks and we kind of have a little party for them. Or if they're going on a trip, we'll have people at the airport sending them off and there'll be a little goodie bag for them. Just anything really to make them feel special and um, kind of lift their spirits and let them know that they have a whole team of support behind them and people who are rooting for them to get healthy. That's amazing. Yeah. And then there's the other, the flip side of that team members. And what if someone's listening and says, I want to, I want to do that. I want to help out. I want to be a, someone that helps fulfill or Mm -hmm. grant the wishes. Then there's a process there as well too. Sure. So we call them wish granters. Mm -hmm. Those are our volunteers. So there's a huge need in Southern Indiana for wish granters. We're um, a small but mighty group. We have some really, really great volunteers here. And the volunteers really help from beginning to end of the wish. So they'll meet with the child and find out what they want their wish to be and help. And they um, will give them little gifts along the way if they're waiting a long time and little thinking of you notes and kind of checking in. And they're kind of our correspondent in the field, you would say, I guess. So they'll communicate with the wish specialist because, you know, our team has a lot of wishes we're granting at once. So this volunteer is kind of their go-to person for questions or um, if they want to change something or if they need to get a hold of someone and just talk. And we have volunteers who've kept up with their families for 13 years. They are still friends with them and become, you come part of their family almost. And so to become one of those, you would just go on our website and Say, I want to become a wish grantor. It's a pretty easy process. You just have to provide a background check and sign a conflict of interest form. 
and then you attend a training and you're ready to go on your way. Yeah. Start signing up and we've moved virtual too. So you can help grant wishes wherever we need you guys. So you get on zoom or teams and meet the kids or you can meet them in person. So you said earlier, you are from Evansville, Indiana, right? We're a Memorial sure grad. Go Tigers. My son's currently a sophomore there and oh, fun. active, uh, the school. Tell me, how did growing up in Evansville, Indiana, you talked a little bit about it, impact your transition and your eventual destination to <laughs> make a wish? <laughs> like, how has it, you know, provided you, you know, some knowledge along the way to, to be on that experience? Sure. I felt like I was lucky enough to be, I would say the people are what make Evansville. I think I was lucky enough to have really great friends and friends' parents who kind of, you know, it's it's a huge community, you guys know. Yeah. It's just um, every time you meet someone, you know, they make conversation and you kind of have some commonality. And I had a teacher at high school who'd say Evansville was uh, the goddamn center of the universe. Because <laughs> everywhere right. you go, you find, I mean, there you meet someone. someone. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of everyone you meet is like, oh, my gosh, you're from Evansville. And it's not every city's like that. And as growing up here, I just always felt like, I had someone that I connected with or that I could go to. And through my life, I've made many, many friends here. And I would say my closest and most quality friends are from here. And I think just the strength and the humbleness of the people here. I don't think we're a bragging community. I don't know very many people who brag about what they have or what they um, do. And I think there's a sense of service and community here that um, at least the community I grew up in here, it was always a focus on giving to others. How can we help others and rallying among someone who might be going through some hardship? And that's like with Make-A-Wish, too. You see people rally amongst the kids who have illnesses, and they just lift them up. And I can't say enough positive things about Evansville. <laughs> <laughs> I no longer live here, but my heart is still here in many ways. So you talked about it a little bit. You had to pivot during you know, the COVID uh, experience. How did digital impact that portion of, of the experience? Digital media, digital communication, help hurt, streamline? Have you advanced into it? Is it like the way now or is it uh, going back to more of the, the normal now? So I switched careers during COVID or I switched companies during COVID. So I yeah. was at Memorial when COVID hit. So we went home for maybe two weeks and we figured out Zoom and <laughs> yeah. did the meetings that way. But then we kind of just jumped right back in. And it I wouldn't say we relied heavily on digital media then because we still would meet just with our masks on. But then at Make-A-Wish, it was all digital. You know, we have offices all over Ohio, Kentucky and Indiana. So we um, needed a way to streamline everything that we do from you know, sending check requests and sending our um, credit cards to families. And in the past, it was all this paper. We're mm -hmm. physically mailing all the deposit slips to Columbus. We're mailing our um, reports and stuff. And now it's all digital. We have secure ways to email one another and meet on Teams really easily. And I've always been kind of a tech person. So I don't, I prefer that. I think it keeps you more organized and there's a way to find things versus paper is great. I like to use both, but a healthy mix, I would say, is the key to success. So you're, so you mentioned digital, and so what do you use in in your job or personal life that's really well? So my favorite, favorite, yep, my favorite thing to use is OneNote. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you guys use OneNote. It just works so well with all my other Microsoft apps, yeah. so I can create tasks for myself and. Um, Outlook, so they'll remind me in emails like, mm -hmm. hey, you're supposed to do this, and I can check it off when I've done it. But I also use pen and paper for my to-do lists because I've heard in studies that writing things helps you remember it better. Mm -hmm. So I still write out my list, but then I'll take a picture of it and put it in my OneNote. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm you know, on the go and I don't have my notebook, I can look at my phone and say, oh, yeah, I was supposed to do that, or I had a meeting last week, what did we talk about? And I can pull up all my notes and it just keeps me more organized because in a notebook I have to flip back and forth and remember when did I meet with them and yeah I can yeah. have all these different things and it's like everything we're, we're we're starting to be a hybrid right it was like all digital 
Yeah. <laughs> and some people were like, no digital. Now we're being a hybrid, right? We're we're doing that even in architecture profession. You know, we moved to the computer, mm-hmm. but we moved so far digitally that young people are just diving in, making models, and they have no understanding of proportion. They don't understand how building. And it's like, go back, start, start sketching. Mm-hmm. Start with sketching before you get in the computer. So it's got to be a hybrid. I think sure. it works the best. Sounds like my uh, like junior high school house plan that I made <laughs> back in, I don't know, 1993, 92, something like that in Mount Vernon. When we got to go to plot it out in Mr. McMurtry's class, and I'm going, uh, you're going to have to go buy like special paper. You realize this is like the size of a commercial building, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oops. No, I did not. <laughs> so, yeah, that scale uh, – discussion right there just uh touched home because it was i had to go buy special plotter paper so that it would actually fit on there it ended up being massive but i think it was like the size of eastland mall or something when you hand draw you know yeah when you used to have to hand draw and you had to think about it right because if you had spent eight hours of your day drawing something out only to know you messed something up back here you're like well do it all over again yeah so you really it made you think where am i going Mm-hmm. Not just go. And nowadays, because the computer so easy to edit, people just go. And you're like, where are you going? I don't know. Just going. <laughs> look, look at this model. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always favored in person, too. We had for a while to do donor meetings on Teams, and it was kind yeah. of like it's easier to just jump off really soon versus when you're in person, you get talking and getting to know each other a little better instead of jumping right into business. Or have the camera off and you're like, oh, yeah, I just, yeah, uh, <laughs> I can do other stuff. Do other and- stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's what's hard about Make-A-Wish because it's got to be hard if it's not in person, you know, because you got to make that connection. Yeah. And, and what I love about Make-A-Wish is you see your impact right in front of you. And during COVID, it's kind of hard because you're not seeing those kids every day because they're mm-hmm. at risk health-wise. So we don't want to put them at risk by having big parties for them. So, but yeah. we were still granting wishes. It just didn't look the same. So we're glad to be moving back to what we used to be doing before. So you said that you need wish granters. Like, What's the current number look like? How many wishes do you have out there? In southern Indiana, we have 60 wishes. Okay. And the average cost of a wish is 10000 So $600,000 needed in this area for all of those wishes to be granted. And we do really try to keep the money where it's raised if we can. But obviously, we don't raise that much in this area right now. So our other markets help us, too. And that's kind of what we're all about. We just lend a hand where we need to. And... That's how it goes with fundraising sometimes. Some markets do really great. Yeah, and that's what's good about the uh, Make-A-Wish is it being national mm-hmm. is that I, I know there was a couple of communities where they were, they didn't have, a, they had a lot of money, but didn't have a lot of wishes at the time. Mm-hmm. And they could take that extra money and give it to a community that had more wishes and less money. So that collaboration is really good amongst the, the different chapters and states. And Sure. And people from here, you know, are kind of, I mean, at least my family is all from Kentucky, too, so I know people from those communities, too, and I would extend hands to help people over there. Mm-hmm. And with the tornadoes, too, that affected mm-hmm. Kentucky. We had a lot of, not a lot of families, but a few who were affected. So that was another example of, like, their community coming together and our Make-A-Wish community coming together and supporting them to help lift up their communities that were faced with so much hardship, in addition to having a child with. A critical illness. So you've seen a lot, I'm sure. What's uh, one of the unique uh, wish experiences that that have been out there? One that you might, I mean, I know you probably can't say names or anything, but an example. Sure. We just did a golf cart. (laughs) Golf cart? Golf carts are fun. Yeah. Um, in, In southern Indiana, there's one that's coming to mind, and he's pretty distinguishable, his wishes, I would say. Um, and he, I only mention it because it was one of my first wishes I went on. So he um, wanted a replica suit of the Colts mascot, Blue. Yeah. He loves mascots. So he mm-hmm. he was thinking about his wish, you know, and he didn't even know if it was possible. And it was kind of like we have a close relationship with the Colts. 
up in Indianapolis. So we were like, well, shoot, we'll just ask him, the person who's in the blue suit, mm -hmm. <laughs> if he could do it. So he said, yeah, sure, I could try. And he hand sewed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he hand um, made the costume for him and had his own little helmet and his big, like, he had the hoop thing that surrounds him. Yeah. So he can shake his hips. <laughs> It was it was really, really incredible. So it was still during COVID. So there were only it was like me and another colleague and his family and um, the person who's in the cult suit and a Colts, another Colts person. But he got to go mm -hmm. to the practices, got to go to a game and sit front row. And he, it was really incredible. It was really special seeing that. And it was something I've never seen and something they didn't even know could happen. And <laughs> It was just funny. So they did a TikTok together because he loves watching their. Oh yeah, he has TikToks. a huge TikTok following, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, there was something because we they made a video of it. Yeah. Make like a video and mm -hmm. that I thought there was something. The funniest part of the video was like because he comes out in the suit, you know, and they do their thing, and then he takes the suit off and he goes to meet him, and the kid's like, "Who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good. Yeah, when he um. So when he came out as not blue, he was kind of like, eh, who are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> where's blue? Where's blue? And he's like, well, let me go see him. I think he's napping and went and woke him up. And mm -hmm. <laughs> he came out and he just lit out. Yeah. He lit up and he was like, oh, my gosh. He was like, gave him a big hug and he turned into a different kid. And yeah. It was really cool. In Southern Indiana, that's the kind of first one I was involved with. And it'll probably stick with me for a long time. Tell us what experience means to you. When you think about Make-A-Wish or or just, you know, the connections we make in general. Yeah, I think an experience is, I mean, anything that you encounter in life. <laughs> like, this is an experience right now, but I would say it has a lasting impression. Something that you think about over and over again and many years down the road is something I would consider a memorable experience. But all day you're having all kinds of interpersonal connections with People you may or may not ever see again, but your experience can impact people. Even if it's very small to you, it might be huge to someone else. So I think I always just try to be positive <laughs> in my communication with others. So hopefully I'm giving others a positive experience. And then even if I have a bad experience, trying to see the light in it, I guess. And mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of get back what you put into the world is my belief. Yeah. No bad experiences, just experiences. You can interpret them as bad, right? Exactly. Or good or you bad. Can... Learning from them or not. Mm -hmm. So what's a what's a place like somewhere you've been, a space that's made you emotional or that was like an experience you'll never forget? I would say um, I did a study abroad course in London, and we went to a um, Hindu temple. And I'm Catholic, so I've never stepped into a space like that, and I have taken courses on their religion, but I don't, you know, I've never been in it or in a sacred space like that. And this is, was maybe five or six years ago now, but I still remember how I felt seeing those people so connected to their higher power. And even though it's not the same higher power that I maybe talk to on a daily basis or believe in, but that sense of spirituality that I experienced that day is something that stuck with me and brought tears to my eyes and I still think about it was just yeah. seeing the and it was I guess like the handmade details that they put into the temple too was just incredible to see the dedication that mm -hmm. they put into this and um, as architects I'm sure you can <laughs> appreciate it but oh, yeah. it was just incredible and it was one of the largest um, temples in the world so it was it you just felt you felt the presence of a higher power in my opinion so with Make a Wish, you have you have the emotional experience, you have the individual, and you have that relationship, and you have the families. How do you, with not like being in that in a quote physical space, whether it be you know your office or like, how does meeting meeting the Wish families? How does the space in which you interact, you know, impact the you know the conversation? I mean, are you going to their homes where? Where do the interviews typically happen? So since I'm in the fundraising role, I um, usually only experience or um, come in contact with WISH families at fundraising events. Okay. Um, I'm also a WISH grantor now, but I've only done one meeting. So, um, and it was for an Evansville child. So I'm hoping to, you know, help with those wishes down here. But 
Yeah, I, it's only in a fundraising space. So usually they're talking about their wish experience or um, their condition they're going through. So I think I see them in their emotional situations mainly. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I'm not connecting with them every day, but I'm connecting with them either at their wish reveal, which is one of the best days of their lives. So I get to, <laughs> I get yeah. to be there for the happiness of it. And I get to, um, and that then makes me feel more passionate about what I'm doing and how I'm helping um, in my role, even though I'm not physically granting the wishes, I know what I'm doing is helping make those um, experiences happen for them. And it's really rewarding even to have the opportunity to be with them and hear their stories. And they're all so different and unique and so strong and their families are so strong. And it's really awesome to be a part of. Well, and it also, it takes time, right? If you're a wish granter, how much time does it usually take from once you meet them to get to yeah. you know, that, well, that with, trip or whatever. Sure. With COVID, it was a long time because a lot of our kids went on hold mm-hmm. to kind of wait and see what was going to happen with the world. So our goal is to have them in and out in six months. You know, things happen with their medical, um, their medical journeys and things happen on our end with supply chain issues, things of out of our control. So sometimes, you know, we're with those kids two years. And so, you, you know, you really get to know them and you really want to stay in contact with them and keep them excited about their experience. And um, we have little enhancements along the way for them if we can. Um, we try to bring in our corporate partners to do little things for them if they can and try to get them to volunteer on stuff with them and have little things for them to come to. Invite them to fundraising events and they can meet people mm-hmm. and feel kind of like a celebrity because everybody is kind of like, the focus is on them. Yeah. So <laughs> mm-hmm. they kind of love that, which is awesome. But there's a lot of planning. A lot, lot of planning, planning that <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes that happens. And a lot of things out of your control. Realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I mean, flights. some of these are like with their diagnosis and their health needs and all those things. I mean, that's got to, I mean, that has to be a tremendous to do list. Yeah. And their doctors have to approve their wish too. Okay. To make sure it's even feasible for them. So if they're traveling, you know, we have to consider where the hospitals are and if they can get somewhere and if something goes wrong, who they can call. And so we have our wish team, they take turns being on call per se for emergencies, whether it's with their card, their credit card doesn't work for some reason. So they can call the emergency line. And yeah, there's just a lot of little things along the way. And that's what's so great for the families, though, is if they were planning a big vacation, they would have to do all that on top of worrying about making doctor's appointments and keeping them healthy and getting them to school and catching up on school when they miss school and stuff. So it's just really great that we can do all of that groundwork and then they just get to sit back and enjoy once it's finished. Yeah. So you have you have the children, you have the families, you have your team, you have, you know, all the volunteers. How do you keep up with all those relationships. <laughs> Keep them as they come, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, as a creative pioneer, you know, and nurture, which is all about relationships, relational harmony, and, you know, making sure everyone's feeling valued. Appreciate, that's like my number five all the way down there. So how do you keep up with all that? I mean, I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay. mean, I have technology and yeah. I can see when I've, yeah. um, but, you know, I'm sure you guys know work never leaves you. <laughs> right. When you get home, I'm always still thinking about my um, my corporate partners and my um, volunteers that I'm close with. And, you know, I think once I get into a personal relationship with those people, they can feel comfortable texting me or I email them, you know, hey, I saw this and thought of you. And, I mean, in my mind, it's fundraising. Half of it is building relationships or 90% of it's building relationships. And I've always been kind of a social person. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just keeping up with them, checking in and making sure it's not a transactional relationship and letting them know that their impact is happening. So I set a schedule for myself, really. Um, every quarter, I try to talk to everyone who's in my, we call it a portfolio. Okay. Um, that's my list of people that I hold relationships with. So I try to reach out to them once a quarter and check in keeps me um, accountable, keeps me on track for my job. And, but no, other than that is if people reach out too, it's just, or if I need something, like with wishes, we all the time need like, 
hey, we need two people to come and build furniture in Columbus, Indiana. And I have a donor who's in Columbus. So I'll reach out to them and say, hey, I thought of you, like, love for you to come on this wish. And it gets them involved and it gets me involved and helps keep everybody happy and engaged. It's a huge asset map, just like knowing that person that does this, that does this and just... Well, and that's, yeah, yeah, that's how we got involved, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christina, who who said, hey, have this wish, and this is what he wants. And I was like, hey, I know somebody that deals in the automotive industry, and there you go. I don't think people realize that's, like, I didn't realize it, because I think most people just always associated Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney yeah. trip, Disney trip. But there's so many other wish kids that want other things out of that. Maybe they've already been to Disney, or maybe they just don't care. Maybe they, it is about that time with their family, you know, taking a cabin trip on a lake or something mm-hmm. like that. And if you know yeah. somebody, hey, I own a cabin on a lake or mm-hmm. the community where they're, you know, sure. those connections matter as much as anything else, too. Yeah. And like recently we had a place that wish that needed blueprints. So I reached out to Mike and said, hey, would you be able to help draw this out for us? Because mm-hmm. that's half the battle, too. It's like all these pieces and people that you have to. Uh, remember that are doing these things so i keep a list of wishes that i'm working on yeah where because our mission team will can ask us hey do you guys have a, a corporate partner who does pools or does construction yeah so and then i'll if i know i have a corporate partner who's helping me with that i'll write down the wish kid and that mm-hmm. way i know that i need to check up with them periodically and keep them updated on how everything's moving and i send pictures of the wish kid and try to keep them involved so you talked about fundraising. When's the golf scramble again? June 20th. Is it full? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, that, that won't be till the yeah. couple of weeks before everybody yeah, remembers. Oh, go. yeah, I got to sign up for that. Yeah, yeah we'll scramble to do the golf scramble at yeah. the end. But, yeah, it's gone. We're hoping my goal is for 30 teams, but 20 over 20 would be awesome. So our goal for the event is $50,000. So. Okay. What other ways can people help? Well, becoming a wish granter is huge. Donating yeah. time if you don't have the means to donate funds. Um, donating funds, obviously, is a great way to support us. And it's a great entry point to get involved. You know, you'll be put on communication lists and hear impactful stories of kids in your community. Um, we have a shoe carnival give back going on. Okay. So shoe carnivals, local business. We're very excited that they're partnering with us. So they have a roundup campaign going on in all their stores. So springtime, get your spring really shoes. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, We've done some car wash. Was it Mike's car wash? At one time we were selling car wash. Oh. Uh, that might have been a couple of years ago. But we've done yeah, a couple of those. Like the A-Zip pizza where they donate mm-hmm. if you go eat there and stuff like that. Yeah, the give backs. There is a big gala in Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah. So if you're, if you have any businesses that are in Indianapolis <laughs> yeah. as well that you want to get involved, I cover that area too. So we have our gala coming up on World Wish Day, which is really awesome for us because World Wish Day is a day where we showcase all of our wish kids and try to dedicate a day to them and promote all of our wishes that we've been working on um, through the year. It's just so lucky that it happens to be on the night of our gala. So we're hoping to do some exciting stuff there. and That sounds amazing. World Wish Day and to be able to celebrate all of that. Yeah. So last year, our focus kid was um, from northern Indiana, and his wish was to have um, a therapeutic goat farm. He wanted to start one for other kids <laughs> okay. that he could, because um, he had he loved animals, or yeah. he loves animals, and um, he had had some sort of therapeutic animal experience, and he wanted to be able to provide that for other kids. So we granted his wish on World Wish Day for three starter goats for his goat farm. And so that was what we promoted on that day. And I think it was like our 5,000th wish or something we've granted. So it was just awesome, awesome impact and awesome story. And just an example of those kids who are thinking outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of our kids want to give back with their wishes, which is cool. So it's it's fun to see that. So you're down here today. Where? What what's your week look like? I mean, if you're <laughs> you're in Evansville today, you're you're obviously from Evansville, but you're in Indy now. Where else? I mean, Ohio, Kentucky. I really just travel between here and Indianapolis. So okay. we have a lake cabin 
about an hour away. So since it was so warm this weekend, we went there. Yeah. So then I just popped over here on Sunday, and then I'll drive back to Indy tonight. Kind of just made an L shape over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to Florida at the end of the week, so I'm taking a vacation. Oh, wow. Where are you going? Fort Myers Beach. It's right down from 30A, just a little bit. We love 30A, get down there, Seacrest area and all that. Down by Panama City and Destin and kind of in between. Yeah, Fort Myers is pretty south. Yeah, down there. Yeah, my dad lives there. What was I thinking about there? Maybe I was thinking about Pensacola. Yeah. Yeah, because you are. You're all the way down. Yeah, you're down. Yeah, we're down, down. down. It's going to be 90 degrees. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) 20. Chance of snow flurries, right? Yeah. Don't get to. We'll come back to that. So. But our gala is coming up, so mm-hmm. I'll be spending a lot more time in Indianapolis focusing on that. And then where's that at? It's at the JW Marriott downtown oh, Indianapolis. Yeah. I'll miss spring break. My son plays baseball. So oh shoot! I hope he's playing baseball. Fingers crossed. We, you know, hope he makes the makes the team. But yeah, is it Coach Collins who coaches still? Yes. You're not related to him, are you? No, I'm not. Actually, know him through East Youth Baseball. Okay. Like uh, our sons played on one, two seasons together, I think. Nine, ten team. We were yeah, his son's a sophomore now, isn't he? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, he's a junior. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess I did. We're uh, looking forward to that. And that's, you know, one of the questions we always ask. And I'll ask you, what do you look, what's one thing that you're looking forward to experiencing for the remainder of the year? I think, <laughs> I don't think very far ahead because in my world, it's just you like one, to... get one week after mm-hmm. the other finished. Um, I have a big trip to Greece planned this summer. I haven't been out of the country since COVID wow. hit, so. Maybe. Definitely so. Yeah, maybe if, if the, <laughs> yeah, if the no, conflict in now Ukraine. Now you're saying you're, well, maybe. Well, maybe. So maybe. potentially I'll have a vacation yeah. this summer, but. In the near future, I'm looking forward to going to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my dad is down there, so we'll see him and my uncle and spend time with family. I love being around my family. So, Yeah. What do you have over there? I get to stay home during spring break. Really? Yeah. My son's five. He's not. He's not he into hasn't it. got to that age. We might do a long <laughs> weekend or something. You got to go to Disney. Try that. Yeah, I know. You have to we go need to Disney. do that. Yeah. Um, I showed him the Star Wars Galactic Experience. That oh, new. probably because yeah. they have the, the media got to do it and they filmed it. It's on YouTube. Oh, yeah. So I watched was, it. Yeah. Was it on the Super Bowl? Yeah. It okay. was pretty cool. Was yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. For, they shared that with Make a Wish. Yeah. They oh. shared that with us. COVID cool, but... was the one, like, right before Bailey's going into being a freshman. McKenna's never been, like, she was all into princesses and everything. And so we said, all right, before you, when there, he was in eighth grade, we're like, all right. You're going to, we're going to do the trip. We're going to take an extra couple days and we're going to go down the spring training and then we're going to watch some baseball down there because we won't be able to see that probably ever between now and the time you graduate. And then we're going to go to Disney. Well, the week before, Disney was shut down. So my kids have not seen Disney yet. So we got to figure out some time to, to make that happen. Yeah, maybe. It's fun when you turn 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know friends who did it for their 21st birthday. Yeah. We went to Universal. That was fun. If you're 21. I've never <laughs> been to Universal. Last time I went down there, some friends were actually interning there. So it's been quite oh, some wow. time. I actually went to Epcot for a conference. And that was a lot of fun because, you know, we spent all day in the conference. And then at night, uh, went over there for the laser light and oh, all wow. that outdoor show for the night. But, was able to hit a couple of the lasers. Yeah, the at Epcot they shoot them like uh, in the whole park. There's just this huge light show, fireworks, oh, yeah. and spectacle. So there's smoke everywhere. These lasers are going off, and it, it was amazing. So <laughs> that was the last time I was able to. You know, I was there. Uh, last time I went, I stayed at the Villages. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that was fun. That was like going to a Disney World. It's like, it's over, quote, I think it might be, but there's these big swans on top of the the building. There's a dolphin facility and it's right. right At Disney? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's inside by the bay. Okay. Yeah. I've only been twice. Once when I was a little, little kid in, in college. So then it goes back to your original point. So Doug Jost, who was the 
executive director for the airport. Oh. And he, he retired. He went down to Florida because his son-in-law works for Disney. He actually, uh, he deals with, can't remember, it's had something to do with like the, all the uniforms and all the clothing and making sure those are all organized, stored and oh, wow. washed yeah. and all this stuff. And That's good job, security. Yeah. I'll always wear uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you said that, it's like, yep, there's another, we're talking about Disney and there's another Evansville <laughs> connection for you. Exactly. We're the center of the universe. All right. It's pop yep. deck for conversations. Okay. Pull a card. Answer the question. What kind of questions are they? I mean, there's some deep, dark. Yeah, like, tell us your... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I thought it said, what are you guilty about? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it feels like church confession. (laughs) Um, What's your guilty pleasure? Do I go first? You go first. I guess I I like, well, I feel like every girl likes reality TV shows. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's not really a guilty pleasure, but... (laughs) I like to jump on trampolines. <laughs> is that weird? No. <laughs> so for my nephew's only four, and during COVID, my parents were like, we're going to get a trampoline for the lake, and it's our birthdays are only six days apart, so there was a joke in my family that it was my birthday present because <laughs> I love jumping on trampolines. I don't know. It brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> it's a pleasure, I guess, that I wouldn't tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have one? Bourbon. <laughs> Does that count? Or is it I don't think so. I mean, it's just that a pleasure. Be, something that good can't be bad, right? Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Bourbon. But yeah, I could. Yeah. And not just because I just like it. It's just I could. What's your favorite right now? Oh, Makers is always. That was my grandma's drink. Yeah. yeah. It's always been my favorite. But I like Buffalo Trace, Bullet. Yeah. You know, I got couple of hundred dollar bottles in my at home now some of those you can't you know you got some can't do the cheaper ones because you have to mix them but yeah i like the better ones that are I like mine a little I more sweet spent a weekend down there about it's almost a month already those are the ones that are in the top of the rick house and you went to louisville yes spent uh see a friday friday saturday all day we we it was when it we had the ice storm, so the next day we went to Louisville, and unfortunately Woodford canceled on us. But we went to Buffalo Trace, we went to Bullet, went to Four Roses. I've heard Angel's Envy is really cool. I I love their bourbon. We didn't go there. I mean, it, that that is almost like you can go there and be on basically Bourbon Road that down there by uh, Louisville Slugger Slugger Bat yep. Museum. There's a whole bunch of tasting experiences down there and uh angel envy is one of them it's right across from bat stadium and you wanted to if you had the money you can make your own bourbon because you can go to the distilleries or the so my, few of them. my stepmom's father makes but i probably shouldn't say that online <laughs> 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 Never, I, I didn't say his name i guess yeah, yeah. so uh i don't know what's yours well, I was going Forget with to bur- answer. Well, no, I was going with bourbon too, yeah. but almost anymore, it's uh, unfortunately anything that's chocolate. You know, trying to go back on the diet, do all that stuff, <laughs> trying to be you know keto conscious again, and getting on that. But sugar is the most like you just I, it it's so good. But well, mine's just I chocolate. Feel so bad when I eat it. Yeah, mine's just chocolate. Yeah, I, I like sour candy. Every time I go in the car, too, it's like if I stop at the gas station, it's like, oh, I should get some candy. Mm-hmm. That and ice cream, those two things, it's like I can't say no. Chocolate is the the thing. I don't think it's like it's not hard candy. Yeah. It's not anything else. That and, well, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Coke Zero. I like to drink a nice cold Coke Dr. Zero. Dr. Pepper. I don't know why. 23 flavors, whatever's in it. But I mean, the <laughs> one that's really bad is, of course, McDonald's. Like they have yes. the best Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I mean, and it has to do with, from what I understand, they it's like six degrees colder when yep. it comes out. And I think the so, carbonation is higher than in other sodas. Yeah. Brings out the flavors. It almost sounds like the, uh, so if you're a bourbon fan, but Pappy Van Winkle, mm-hmm. very expensive. So. One of the stories, one of the owners, and I can't, I don't remember where they were. They were somewhere for a conference or something and whatever. And went to a bar and mm-hmm. he ordered it, said with Coke. 
in it. And the bartender was like, no, sir. You can't <laughs> you do can't. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, yeah. when we went on the tour at Buffalo Trace, they were like, do not ever, you know, mix this with Coke. They were even as going as far as I bought a Eagle Rare when I was there. And they're like, yeah, if anybody ever tells you that they want this in Coke, tell them to leave your house. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, truly, any any bourbon, yeah, if it's good, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, my grandparents owned a liquor store growing up, and my grandma always drank Maker Straight. But mm-hmm. if we were at a restaurant, they'd say, what do you want it with? And she'd just say, throw a splash of water mm-hmm. yeah. in it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had the I'm a amba- my Maker's Mark ambassador. And get all my, get all you, is this podcast sponsored by Maker's sponsored? Mark? No, but, yeah. Hey, it's time we we could. Hey, Makers, if you're Said out there listening, guilty pleasure. Yes. So they are my guilty pleasure. I even drank it in Italy when I stayed over there because there was one bar that had this guy who was a bourbon freak, mm-hmm. and he was like, and. He had to go in the back and get it because we were like, dang, you have a lot of bourbons or whatever. And he's telling us, hey, I get them from all over, blah, blah, blah. I was like, do you have makers? He's like, you guys like makers? Uh-huh. And he went back there and got the So then every time we go back there, he'd be like, makers and Coke, you know, or makers. And he'd get it. And Yeah. Should have had your parents ship it to you. I know. So we're talking about makers. We're talking about a brand. So what brand, individual organization who has the most authentic consumer experience today who's doing it right hmm. I don't, that's a good question make a wish yeah <laughs> no 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 um what brand brand person i know i think um chipotle <laughs> this is gonna sound so stupid chipotle does a really nice um campaign for um environmental yeah. Consciousness. And I really um, am passionate about that too. So I like their little short clips that they've. Have you ever seen those little short movies they've made? Oh, those are amazing. I was like, going to say they Nelson. did them over the Super Bowl. Like it was actually cartoon animated ones a couple of years ago. Those were yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my professors showed us those. And I just think that's when brands have a, um, have a cause that they're supporting yeah. alongside, you know, because they're making a lot of money. So I just think when they're doing something alongside it i don't personally eat at chipotle that often but i think they're doing things right over there yeah for a brand that had yeah i had to switch gears <laughs> right yeah but a couple few a couple years ago yeah they got some negative pr i would say and then yeah i think mcdonald's is doing a good marketing job with all those celebrity um campaigns they're doing like the celebrity mm-hmm. meals yeah <laughs> except now travis scott's meal probably is it they're going through, speaking of rebrand, like every one of the McDonald's, I mean, I haven't seen one that's not been remodeled mm-hmm. or being remodeled. So. Well, the Wendy's just did it, and yeah. know, they're all kind of doing it. Yeah, you never see them being yeah. worked on, though, except for that one on Main Street. That one's going through mm-hmm. a facelift. Yeah, which is the, that thing's like Chick-fil-A at lunch, <laughs> man, during the week. Yeah, I drove that past there going crazy. Over. Yeah. So how do the listeners connect with you? I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I think that's probably the easiest way. I don't know if my email's on there, but yeah, I would say LinkedIn's probably the best way to message me. I think all my other stuff's private. So I think I'm Maria, just Maria Quinton. I have brown hair. <laughs> if you're looking for me. Make-A-Wish website? Yeah, yeah, the Make-A-Wish website. So it's okiwish.org. Very easy. Okiwish.org. Yep, Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana. Okay. Okay, I. That's what we call ourselves. Well, we are at 57 minutes. Look at that. Time flies. Time flies. One hour. I said it'd go fast. Yeah. See, we start talking about bourbon. That's what sped it up. <laughs> yeah. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. <laughs> well, we do appreciate your time with us today. And very much, uh, I'm happy to hear that fellow Evansville, Indiana individual out there making an impact across the world. Hope you enjoy your uh, Florida vacation. Yeah. Mike, you have anything as we start to wrap up here? No, but everybody going on vacation for spring break is like, man, I'll, I'll be here holding down the fort with the 20-degree weather. And gloominess. we'll probably warm up by the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure I'll out. warm up by April. Go stand on the, on the Ohio River oh, no, Bank. It, it'll warm <laughs> up, and then I'll go right back down the next week. Yeah. 
I was going to say, if you know, you do stay here and your kids are going through the same experience, let's create some kind of staycation event all over, over the uh, Evansville, uh, Indiana area. Let me know how we can do that, where we should go, what we should do. Because obviously, uh, my daughter might head out of town with grandma and grandpa, go go see them, and you know, have that experience. But I'll be here. Oh, we can. Yeah, <laughs> we can. I'll make it happen. She'll have something to do. But so if you're here and you have ideas on how you can make a high school spring break, you know, meaningful while you're hanging out here doing a bunch of stuff, let us know. But I'm going to call it a wrap. This is at 530 on Main, brought to you by VPS Architecture Extend Group. If you like the podcast, like it, share it. I've asked a hundred times, and we are getting more and more individuals who uh, are recommended on the website. You can be on extendgroup.com and find the big at 530 on Main logo or vpsarc.com, both uh, icons there, big, bold on the bottom. Click that. It'll take you to all the episodes, and then you can actually click all the bios for all the uh, individuals who have been on the podcast. And if you'd like, there's also a form there to recommend somebody to be on the podcast. So we have a number of those that are coming up. We have a lineup coming through and uh, had a really good 2021 as we got back to it and looking forward to more in 2022. So once again, uh, as we wrap up here, Maria, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everybody check out Make-A-Wish. Continue to uh, help them grant those wishes for those children that are in need. Mike, until next time, at 530 on Main. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.